Hey, what's up, guys? This is your girl Coco with another episode of Kikan with Coco. If you are new to the show, let me tell you a little bit about it. It's about life in general with an emphasis on relationships. I have my friends come on the show, friends, family, or guests come on the show, and we basically kiki about whatever the topic of the day is. Today, I have with me one of my homegirls, Dominique. Dominique, you want to go ahead and say what's up and just tell them what it is that you do? Hey, y'all. I'm Dominique. Um, So I am a working mother slash uh, aspiring entrepreneur. uh, Oh, you know, military spouse, like a whole, a lot of different hats. But yeah, I'm starting a a new company celebrating us. We'll talk about that. You want me to talk about that now? (laughs) No, we we talk about it later. Yeah, we talk about it later. All right. So this week, you know, we always kick off the episode with the drink with Coco. This week's drink with Coco was recommended by Dominique and she recommended a hot toddy. So I know for me, I only drink a hot toddy like when I'm sick and I'm I'm trying to like (laughs) get, get over it. But, you know, why exactly do you like hot toddies? Oh, it's so funny that you say that, because when I saw your um when you sent me the thing for the drink recommendation, my throat was itching. So I was like, I could use a hot tie right now. <laughs> and so literally that's what it was. It was like, I wasn't feeling too good. Um, and that was like five o'clock this morning. So I was like, oh, I might need a little, little something for my throat. And so I picked a hot toddy. And back when I was younger, which I don't do this now, but I used to make my hot toddies with their flu too. And so girl, I knocked me. So be like some their flu, yes. <laughs> some Hennessy. I'd be knocked out. But yeah, so that's why that's, you know, make me feel a little bit better. It's a little cold and stuff. I ain't gonna lie. I'm still, when I do drink a hot toddy, I still mix a therapist. <laughs> <laughs> See, I only do it if I know my husband got the kids because I'm gonna be out. That puts me out, but it feels yeah. so good when you wake up. Like, nice and refreshed. Yeah, I definitely say hot toddies get, get you right. You know what I'm saying? Um, I think there are many ways to drink a hot toddy. But I think the most normal way, you can either do it just with hot water, but I use tea and then you put like a shot or two of Hennessy or Crown Royal in it. You use lemon juice, honey, and then of course you can garnish it, <laughs> garnish, <laughs> <laughs> garnish it with a slice of lemon. Um, and then of course, like if you for real, for real sick, um, you know, some Theraflu in them yeah and a couple of drops of uh the little lozenges like halls I'll be putting those in the bottom let them melt (laughs) (laughs) serious with it yeah so I definitely think this is a good recommendation especially I feel like right now is the season four because I know in most like in the northern parts of the states it is very cold at this time so if you need a drink after a long day you know what I'm saying something to warm you up this is going to be right up your little alley. And then for us in the South, like even though it doesn't get as cold as it does up North, it still gets pretty chilly. Like in Georgia, we've gotten down to the twenties. Hence why my damn electricity bill was so high this past (laughs) month, trying to maintain 80 degrees. My HVAC been on overdrive. And I was very, I had to call an electricity company like, Ma'am, why is my damn bill almost $400? You keeping it at 80 degrees? $400? I ain't never. Oh, oh. never. never. 
I done turned the heat down to 70. I said, I'm freezing this motherfucker. So I paid another $400. But, you know, it, it has gotten cold down here. It's starting to warm up. But then with the change in weather, people are getting sickly, you know. So I would definitely recommend this drink, whether you need a drink and trying to stay warm or whether you're trying to feel better. So go ahead, try it out. You know, I'll be making a post about it this week. So that's what we got for the Drink With Coco this week. And because it is still Black History Month, we have our Black History Fact of yes. the Week. And this week, now, I feel like most people, we we grew up on BET. So we all, I'm not even sure if people know who was the founder of BET, but Robert Johnson was mm-hmm. the founder of BET and he is the first Black billionaire, which is crazy to say, but he was the first Black billionaire, and he reached this status when he sold BET to Viacom Media Group in 2001, and he sold it for about $3 billion, so that's what got him on billionaire status, and then following him, we had Oprah in 2003, and then Michael Jordan in 2014, so I know those two are some of the more well-known billionaires, But Mm -hmm. Robert Johnson is actually the first Black billionaire. So, Dominique, I know you all about the pro-Black girl. So, (laughs) you know, what what are your thoughts? So, honestly, I was a little bit shocked at the time frame. Like, Mm -hmm. I think it was 2002. Like, that that looks kind of... 2001 so that shocked me that because I know um Rockefeller like he I think was the first original billionaire and that was like 1916 or something and so it's just crazy like almost a whole century later is when we got our first billion and then it had to be you know he sold something that that belonged to us and now it's Viacom and I don't know how y'all feel but I feel like BET has changed so much from what I grew up on I do think the programming of BET definitely changed I think it became more whitewashed mm-hmm. um, after the sale of BET. Um, but I do think, do not quote me, this might just be something I seen in passing or scrolling, you mm-hmm. know, but I do feel like, let me stop lying. I think it was Essence <laughs> Magazine I'm thinking about that is now back in the hands of Black folk. Okay. But, um, but yes, I definitely think the the programming quality changed once um, BET was sold. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and to, and like you said, to think like Rockefeller was the first billionaire in 1916, and literally almost a century later, yep. black people get a billionaire, and that just that just goes to show you the the wage gap. Mm-hmm. you know, or what people value Black people's efforts and their, I don't know why sometimes I get on here and I just forget words. <laughs> That's me every day. contributions yeah. to, to society and how I think they're valued less, you know? Most definitely, yeah. But- um. Mm-hmm. I said it's crazy, but it is a co- an accomplishment nonetheless, you know. Like, definitely. So I definitely say for us Black people, 
I know we're trying to reach it to the million status. Yeah. Thousand air. I'm for real. Trying to get the hundred thousand air. That's what I'm trying you to know, but, <laughs> but you know, one day I hope that we all get to a point where we can reach thousandaire status or millionaire status. And, you know, more people, more Black people reach billionaire status outside mm-hmm. of the, these three individuals. And but it's possible. It's definitely possible. It's definitely possible. And I think financial literacy and education is what's going to get us to that point. Like, I know a lot of people, one of my brothers is into like, day trading stocks Mm -hmm. you know but I think it's important for us to learn about investing Mm -hmm. you know which I know before like in our parents generation or before it was you got to save 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 but savings accounts don't really earn no money you know so it's literally you just putting your money to the side and it's based upon what you put into it I know Mm -hmm. for me like with my 401k I put, you know, I put whatever amount I put into my account, but then I also set it up where it gained, like it plays in the stocks a little bit, Mm -hmm. you know what I'm saying? So I have gained a pretty penny off of, you know, playing the stocks or whatever within my 401k, but you know, I done lost some money too. Like when COVID first hit, baby, when I seen how much I lost, I said, "Mm." but I said, you know what? I got time to make it back. You know what I'm yeah. saying? So I, I just let it stay and do what it was going to do. But I definitely think, you know, we definitely need to learn about stocks and investments because it's besides just owning property and saving money, it's so many other ways mm-hmm. to legally make money. Yeah. I mean, I think the stock market, honestly, for me, at least, is real intimidating. It is, I'm like, I don't know what I'm doing. And so, you know, we invest too, but I'm so hands-off with it. Like I have no clue how much money I'm making. I'm just scared to look at it. I'm like, mm-hmm. okay, I send y'all my money every month. Hopefully y'all doing something. I need to get better with that. I need to be more, you know, understand what's going on because they could be, you know, scamming me. Who knows? But <laughs> now I now I will say I'm not very literate on mm-hmm. the topic. Um, my financial advisor, when I decided to make that change to get into the, like, start investing my 401k into it, um, my financial advisor at the time was the one who set it up. And I pretty much mm-hmm. just left it as the E. So <laughs> the girl don't know nothing either, but I do check it and I mm-hmm. see it's making some, some strides, you know, but how it's making these strides. So I, I, so, So I have it set up where it goes into like I personally have moved money into the the stock part of it Mm -hmm. and a portion of whatever I put in there every month goes into those stock options. Mm -hmm. But then I also have another part of my account where it's a life cycle where right now the the company that I go through they pretty much play in the stocks as well and they're pretty aggressive at this time because it's like I'm young I have an opportunity to bounce back if I make losses you know Mm -hmm. whatever and then when I get closer to retirement age they'll slow down on how they plan with my money you know Mm -hmm. so it's 
my my 401k is playing the stocks pretty much 100% at this, yeah, but at this current moment. Yeah, I mean, like you said, you got you got a lot of time. So that's good to be aggressive with it now. I know we meet with our advisor in a couple of weeks just to kind of redo some things, just had the baby and stuff, got to figure some new stuff out. But yeah, I definitely need to get a little more smarter in that that area yeah. but I took the first step where we are investing so yes for sure so I would definitely say like if people have an opportunity to meet with the financial advisor to to gain that perspective I would definitely mm-hmm. um encourage you all to do so and you know start trying to set yourself and your family up because yeah, we might be trying to make all this money, save all this money for when we retire. And of course, the money can't go with us when we die. You know what I'm saying? But it is nice to be able to leave your family, you know, something behind versus it just being like a whole bunch of bills or, (laughs) you know, whatever the case may be. And I think that's also something the Black community needs to think about, like life insurance policies, those types of things, because, I mean, white people do it all the time. Mm-hmm. Like I've worked with with people and they be like, yeah, the grandmother left us like so much money or whatever. Mm-hmm. And I'd be looking like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, ain't nobody left me nothing. Ain't nobody left me shit. <laughs> My, I mean, my mama got some things set up, so she may leave me a couple of dollars, but, you know, it's it's still one of those things, like, I don't think we stress enough within the Black community yeah. that, you know, even if you aren't able to get a 401k or feel confident enough to get into stocks, a life insurance policy is definitely a, a like a... Um, a starter kit to mm-hmm. trying to help your family out in in your untimely passing. Yeah. So definitely something to think about, people. I know we was talking about billionaires. <laughs> I feel like that's how you get there though. Good time to throw that little tidbit in there. Mm-hmm. We gotta do that. So now that we got our black history fact out there and you know, gave y'all a little financial literacy <laughs> tip. Um, we're going to get into the word on the street. So I know I grew up watching Martin, the Fresh Prince, you know, and since in recent years, we've gotten a Fresh Prince reunion. We even got the Black Aunt Viv and Will Smith to, <laughs> to actually talk after she got kicked yep. off the show. Um, for a long time, Martin wouldn't do a show because of some stuff going on between Keisha Campbell and Martin. Mm-hmm. But we finally gonna get a Martin anniversary <laughs> after 30 years. Now, if somebody got BET Plus, I know I put this on my Instagram and then nobody responded, but if somebody got BET Plus, you need that password. Let me get your password. <laughs> Wait, so it's not coming on regular BET? It's only on BET Plus? On BET Plus, girl. Everybody I'm killing like, me with these subscriptions. I just bought the Peacock one so I could watch Bill Let me get your password. I'm going to watch it. <laughs> I got you. Look, the only reason I'm asking is because I'm, I'm normally on top of the subscriptions, but I think I'm tapped out. I got HBO, Stars, <laughs> Showtime, 
you know, I'm I'm trying to. You got to rotate it. <laughs> you got so we got we keep the stars one until you know power stop, but then you got but now they got so many different power series. Can't Girl, cancel. I'm, I'm watching all of them now. I did not watch the first season of uh, Tariq's show. I tried, but it was a little too boring for me. So I yeah, give it another try. Too, but. But I got roped in in season two, and I'm like, okay, I'm watching. Yeah, it's, I'm watching. it's good. I like that one. Yeah. So, um, but yeah, Martin is coming on BT Plus. Yes. I'm really excited about it. Sad that Tommy won't be there because we mm-hmm. all know Tommy in real life passed away. Mm-hmm. Um, but the rest of the cast is gonna be be together, which mm-hmm. I think is really good because when you think about it everybody on the martin cast right now is still relevant mm-hmm. like even though cole hasn't had like any main i'm not gonna say mainstream he hasn't had like any major roles but mm-hmm. i still see him pop up on tv shows here and there and yeah. he gets tours too right i think he does stand-up tour he probably do i think he do yeah so uh tashina arnold who plays pam she stay working Uh, he stay on somebody's show so (laughs) kudos to her tisha campbell she may not have like any actual tv shows but she stayed doing hosting stuff you know so Mm -hmm. she's still in the spotlight martin's still doing stuff so i think is it goes to show like they had a very uh creative and Mm -hmm. like just a great team because they've all been able to go and branch out and Mm -hmm. continue their careers within entertainment so that just goes to show like whoever was the casting director when they originally casted for the martin show did Mm -hmm. an awesome job yeah i agree and i know for me like i didn't really appreciate martin when it was first out because i think i was too young to understand a lot of it and so my parents watched it, but I was more Fresh Prince. That's that was my thing. But mm-hmm. now that I'm older, you know, it's it's always rerunning somewhere. So you watch reruns now, and I I absolutely love the chemistry between uh, Tashina and Tisha, and like you know, yeah. just their whole story of how they came up together, and like I'm so excited to see them two together again. Mm-hmm. I know they did. Um, everybody hates Chris. Like she was on that with them for a while too. So yeah, it's gonna be good. Yeah, for sure. Um, yeah. So excited for Martin. Can't wait to see that. If somebody got the BT, <laughs> girl, no. Guess up. Um, <laughs> and then next, a little bit of drama, and it's not really oh. new. But <laughs> I got some words on this one. <laughs> I, I really wanted to to talk about this because I I had found myself in this situation before, and it's really not okay. But this woman went on vacation. And she met this man. Like, the man approached her. She did not go looking for this man. This man Mm -hmm. introduced himself to her, gave gave her his number at the beach. Now, she, I guess she lost it in the sand, in the water, whatever. But I guess there was some connection. And she felt it had to be a connection because, to me, why would you go on TikTok and be like, y'all help me find this man? So, Mm -hmm. basically, she met the man on vacation he gave her his number and she lost it so after the vacation she went on tiktok somebody was recording them in in the because they were in the water i'm assuming when they met so somebody Mm -hmm. recorded it and she literally posted it on tiktok and said tiktok help me find this man i hope he's not married Mm 
And <laughs> of course, y'all know how social media is. They went and found that man, and lo and behold, he is whole married. Mm, we kids. Married, like in a marriage, not even mm-hmm. like we married, we separated, like they together, together. A wife and children. Yes. And so, um, so he was found and his wife <laughs> was alerted that he out here meeting folk. Mm-hmm. And they did kind of like an interview, the him and the wife, and of course the girl who was looking for him. And she was saying, you know, nothing happened between them. They just met and that was pretty much it. But I guess she kind of just wanted to see where it went. Like, I can understand being single and meeting somebody and being like, okay, he is cute. Like, you know, whatever. Mm -hmm. And, you know, some people don't wear rings. So you're looking for a ring, but you don't see a ring. So you're like, okay. he. And then the fact that he approached you. So you thinking like, okay, no, he ain't married. He approached me like, okay, yeah, let me, let me see what this hitting for. And then you get to talking and you find out something later or in this instance, you know, find out from social media that the man that introduced himself to you like he was a whole single man, mm-hmm. you know, is married. Like that is very discouraging. <laughs> yes, yes, girl. So I look, he got a little bit too invested in this story. <laughs> like I went and watched the responses and all that. And like, I'm sorry, but out of the three people involved, you know, you got the man, his wife, another girl like he is trash I'm sorry like he is so trash for the way he handled this whole thing like first off like you said he approached the girl like he went up to her he obviously felt something or wanted to talk to her at least you know just holler at or whatever Mm -hmm. so you initiated that so what happened after that is all your fault because you initiated that you a married man like why even play with fire Mm -hmm. and so the girl um she had posted something else saying you know like it wasn't even as serious as like they turned it into it was more of like she was following a trend that say, you know, help me find this man kind of thing. And so that's what it was. It wasn't even like super serious. Like she liked him, but she wasn't pressed for him. And mm-hmm. so she do her little TikTok. It go viral. That's not her fault that it went viral. She right. didn't make that. thing. You know, that just happened. It's yeah. your fault. You went and approached her. So it went viral. And then, of course, his wife find out because that's what happens in these situations. Right. And when his wife, you know, reached out to her, she wasn't disrespectful or nothing. Like she immediately apologized, you know, told her the truth. Didn't nothing happen. And what's the man do? Girl, he gonna make a reply video and, and talk the shit about her. And it's like, you approach, sorry, I'm cursing. <laughs> like, you approached her and he talking about, oh, she waddled up to me. Like, that. that's so just trash. And I feel like it puts his wife in such a bad light because now she getting judged on the decision to stay with him or to leave him. And she getting judged on the kind of character he's showing because he's showing his ass right now. Like, mm-hmm. you, why are you talking about this girl? Uh, yeah. You went up to her. Obviously, you thought she looked good because you approached her. You weren't talking nothing about her waddling when yeah. you first saw her, you know? So, and I just like he was just real, real trash in that whole situation. But I do like how the women handled it. Um, you know, whether she stayed with him or not, that's her business. Right. But, you know, she handled it with class. The other girl handled it with class. And, you know, unfortunately, the man involved. Mm. That's, that's how I feel about that one. Yeah, I definitely think just his actions altogether have been trash even Mm -hmm. from the initial meeting, because you know you're a married man and you approach this single woman, you know, with the intent that, or with the thought process that you were potentially single as well, Mm -hmm. knowing you was whole married. So to me, his actions from the beginning have been trash. 
it's just like, what was your purpose in walking up to this woman and introducing yourself to to her, even though nothing happened and it was just an in- introduction? You're married, and that's disrespectful to your marriage and to your wife. You know what I'm saying? Because basically, you saying you can't be trusted to go hang out with your friends. That's that's mm-hmm. the, the f- I get from it. Right. And like how many women is cool with their husband going to Miami with his boys? Like you don't mess that all up. Like she gave you that much trust and that's that's what you do with it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I think that was very trash on his part. And even though nothing happened, I still think you betrayed the trust in your marriage because mm-hmm. like you said, she al- she allowed for him. And yes, I use the word allowed because being in a marriage like you're not nobody's parent you know what I'm saying Mm -hmm. so you can't tell nobody what they can and cannot do but being married you would just think that it would have it would go unsaid that okay you going on a trip with your boys behave don't Mm -hmm. do nothing you wouldn't do in front my face you know what I'm saying like you shouldn't have to have these type of conversations with your significant other when they go on somewhere without you Mm -hmm. um I remember I had a friend one time when I was in a serious relationship and he and I was supposed to go out one night, but this particular night I was just super tired. So I was like, you just go, I'm not going to go, you know, I'm tired. So my homegirl was like, you okay with him going out by himself? And I said, he a grown ass mm-hmm. man. The hell I look like telling him he can't go. She was like, well, you know, you don't, you're not nervous that, you know, he going to meet somebody or whatever. I said, he know he's in this relationship. So I would just expect him to, you know, act appropriately, act accordingly. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, what happens in the dark will come to the light. I should not have to be going through your phone, chasing up behind you, worrying about what you're doing when I'm not around. Because if you out here doing dirt, you will get found out, i.e. this man. Mm-hmm. Exactly. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So to me, when you're in a relationship, you should be able to let your significant other go out without you, hang out with their friends, because they entitled to have a life outside of you. Mm-hmm. Like, to me, if you spend too much time with this one person, it's, it, it becomes toxic. You know what I'm saying? Like you you get um jealous when they not with you, you know, all of that type mm-hmm. of stuff. I think it's ridiculous. So now that you have set this parameter in your relationship, you can't blame nobody but yourself, dude. Exactly. Mm-hmm. So yeah, y'all <laughs> men. Everybody, I'm not just gonna say men. Yeah, it's women too. Out here doing stuff too. You know, be mindful of what y'all doing because you never know who's recording. You never know. Like nowadays, I think it's so many people trying to be social media influencers that have some type of social media presence. You just mm-hmm. never know what's gonna get posted on social media. And I think it, it's almost like sex tapes these days you know what I'm saying like you doing this with your significant other and you thinking it's just between us and somehow later on down the road it get leaked it's kind of like that it's just like you okay yeah y'all recording y'all having fun you know whatever but in the same token you don't know what's what's gonna happen with that video if they gonna post it on YouTube social media and next thing you know somebody knocking at your door or in your DMs like 
why are you talking to my man or you know mm-hmm. vice versa so I definitely think like just be mindful of how y'all are interacting with people out in public because you never know what's going to happen with that interaction okay. and I feel like you should always approach things with the mindset of like if if your spouse or your your significant other saw this, how would they feel about this? Like if they standing right there, how would you approach the situation? And if you changing it up, then obviously you're doing something wrong. Mm-hmm. And if you feel like you wouldn't go approach another woman with your woman standing right beside you, you bet not approach. Them. <laughs> doing that shit when she ain't around. <laughs> For real, and it's just worse that I think like that you got to put because now your your wife got to deal with that aftermath. Like she ain't asked for none of that, and she got to deal with people, you know. Hitting her up like, oh, girl, what you going to do? Like, girl, did you see? And that's that's stressful in itself. Like, nobody wants that drama. And he brought all that drama to her door. And it's just like. So do better, people. Like, this was very unnecessary and did not have to happen. But he did that. So Mm -hmm. do better, people. Um, You know, now that we got this little messy tea out the way, (laughs) go ahead and get into the hot cup of cocoa. So in this week's Hot Cup of Cocoa, Dominique, like, we're going to have a conversation just about uplifting the Black community, you know, and how we can encourage our youth, because those are the ones I think we need to be targeting to try Mm -hmm. and provide them with opportunities. So Mm -hmm. Dominique, you want to go ahead and just tell us about your new venture, Celebrating Us? Yes. Okay. So celebrating us as a company that I literally just started um, in the last month or so. And, you know, the intent of it is to uplift, inform and inspire the black community and those around us. And there are four main ways or four avenues that we're doing that or that we plan to do that. And so the first one is spotlight. So it would be, you know, it's kind of similar to this, like 15 minute short videos where we're spotlighting black owned businesses, you know, black individuals doing amazing things, just really getting people out in front of in front of the spotlight that might not you know, be seen all the time. Um, and, you know, next we would eventually do like a marketplace where you can come and buy black products. Um, I know for me, it's really hard to just find like a central location to where I can you know, intentionally buy black products. I think that um, a lot of people want to support black business, but we don't always know where to turn. And we don't know, like, is this a good company? Is that a good company? You know, so it'd be nice just to have a central location for everything. And then, like you said, with the kids, I want to do it where, you know, kids can come on and volunteer, you know, teenagers, young adults, they can volunteer, they can internship for black owned businesses so that we're increasing that wealth within our community. Like we're giving those kids opportunities, building their resumes, you know, building their options. And then they can then, either go work for those companies or, you know, they've got a resume where they can go on to a different company if that's their their choice, but just really building up that community and, and letting those kids see all the different options that they do have. Kind of making, you know how like, you know, on the white side, they got like the good old boys club, they got all those different networking. And I feel like we, we need a, to create those networks as well. And, you know, within the black community, there are some networks, but all of us didn't have those opportunities. You know, you got sorrows and fraternities and stuff. Everybody didn't, didn't go that route. So it's nice to have other options. And then also, um, which a big thing we're doing now is just our events. And so in June, we're doing a daddy-daughter dance. And for me, that that's a big thing that I really want to do because I feel like the the narrative of the Black man, of the Black father is still negative. Um, I don't know if you've seen it a while ago. There was a, it was like a TikTok challenge or whatever. It was like, tell me you white without telling me you're white or something. Have you heard that one? 
Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, it was it was a black guy. So like the black guy, he was like, tell me your, or show me your white person without showing me your white person. And so this white guy, he responds and he walks into his house and he goes, hey, kids, I'm home. And they're like, daddy. And girl, that low, that had me. Yes, it had me hot. I was pissed. And I'm like, OK, I get, you know, all jokes, he whatever. But it's like that's still the view that that's still the the perception people have. And for me, when I look around, I see a whole lot of black fathers. I see a whole lot of active black fathers. Yes, those other fathers still exist, but just like in every other race, they exist. But I yeah. feel like the positive of ours isn't shown. And so like when you talk about black dads, they're like, oh, did you know your dad? Did? Like, I, I feel like it's just so pushed heavy on the negative when there's so much positivity. And so, you know, really doing this event is really just to uplift black fathers, to celebrate black fathers and to get them out there with their daughters. Cause you know, that relationship is really precious. Um you know, I personally don't have that, but it, you know, it, it's a great relationship. I see my daughters with their dad and I just love it. And I, I really want to celebrate that. And so that's what that first event is going to be about. Yeah, I, I can definitely um, agree to having a father figure in your life and having that relationship. For me, I, I had that growing up. My stepdad he was there every day, even after my parents separated, you know, he could have been like, well, that ain't my kid. You know what I'm saying? And only dealt with his own child that he had with my mom, but he didn't do that. He, he stayed in that father slash parent role in my life, you know, and in building that relationship with my own father now, like I can definitely see the importance of having a father in your life and having that relationship to just kind of like give you some type of idea as to what type of man that you will eventually one day be in a relationship with yourself and no it's not saying like I want to be with a man just like my dad but you know just characteristics or just showing you overall how a man should treat you treat a woman most definitely yeah and I know like you said like it's not that you want to be with that but I think little girls you know the first person they do fall in love with is their father and I noticed that with my daughter and like my daughter she, she's even said she's like you know when I get a husband like I want him to be like daddy like she she's young so of course her opinion is going to change but she's very cognitive of how or cognitive of how he treats me and how you know he is with my mom and she sees that, she peeps that, and she's like, you know, this is what I want, this is what I don't want, kind of thing. So it's it's very important. Mm-hmm. Definitely. So I know you kind of talked about like with the events that you want to plan and allowing young adults to, you know, volunteer and gain internships with other black businesses. Mm-hmm. You know, besides creating that opportunity, what how do you think uplifting the Black community creates opportunities within the community? Definitely. So I think um, just uplifting alone, because if you think about it, like, I feel like Black people, we kind of start off maybe with the mentality that, you know, we we don't imagine certain things because we just don't think it's not possible. Like, um, you know, even when we were talking about earlier today, the first Black billionaire wasn't until 100 years after the first white billionaire. So it's like certain things we just don't see as achievable. Mm-hmm. And I think if we start by uplifting each other, uplifting those small, you know, successes that we have and letting each other know, like, OK, you know, you can you can be something you can be great. And I mean, I know when I was younger, so just this perspective, I grew up in um, a predominantly white, you know, upper middle class neighborhood. You know, my parents, uh, my mom was a nurse, my dad, he worked in the city and they had good jobs, right? So where we were living, 
by no means were we rich like especially if you compare this to the white kids we was we were struggling most of the time but we lived in this in this area so I seen a lot and I had opportunity to to see how these people move and the one thing that used to just trip the hell out of me so like my dad drove like a 19 like not even no fancy new car he drove like this Volvo right but it was a Volvo whatever so he drove a Volvo and when he would pick us up sometimes he would be in a suit because he worked in San Francisco so he'd pick us up in a suit and I would have like kids be like oh is your dad a drug dealer like what the hell <laughs> yes girl no and I'm like why would you even think that and it's like oh because you're a black girl and your daddy come first of all your daddy pick you up and he's you know in a suit when he picks you up and then I would have other kids be like oh well are you mixed like you talk so proper and I'm just like it just blew my mind and I feel like you know if, if that's kind of thing is being put into kids heads so young for me at least is like people didn't think that you know a black person could speak a certain way or a black person could you know drive a certain car or have a certain job and just again like uplifting each other and letting each other know yeah you can do that it just it changes your mindset so that when opportunities do come along you go for them opportunities because you know you can actually get them you know I think a lot of times we might not go for something that's there because it's like well you know I ain't they ain't gonna pick me like that's they gonna give it to so-and-so and so that's how I think uplifting kind of helps create the, or helps us see the opportunities yeah I definitely one thing I can say about this generation currently or how black people are operating is that a lot of people are getting into being entrepreneurs Mm -hmm. and I think that alone is also helping um younger people see like you can get out here you can do it and that's one thing I will say is a positive with social media is because in your own communities you may not be seeing Black people doing these amazing things. You might see the Koreans at the beauty supply store, the the uh, Indians with the convenience store. Um, and, you, you know, let me change that. Middle Eastern, I'm not going to say Indians, but the Middle Easterns with the convenience stores, you know, and I'm just basically speaking off what I saw in my own neighborhood. Yeah. Growing up in Chicago, mm. like you would see a mom and pop restaurant or whatever, the hood chicken spot or whatever, but on, not all of them lasted. You know what I'm saying? Like you mm-hmm. would see them start a business and then maybe not too long later, it would be gone. You know, so mm-hmm. it's one of those things like me personally seeing black entrepreneurs in my neighborhood wasn't a thing, mm-hmm. but um. I definitely think like with social media, being able to highlight all these black people doing business, I think is amazing to show kids like there is something outside of what you know. Mm-hmm. And a lot, I see a lot of parents out here like encouraging their kids to start businesses. Like we went to mm-hmm. when we went to the um, Black Expo earlier this month, yeah. and that little 12-year-old girl doing a body care business doing body scrubs and body butters or whatever like that and I thought it was super amazing her brother was out there hustling to get people to their table the mama and the daddy was in the booth you know like encouraging sales and so I think it's like super dope as well that parents are creating these opportunities for their children as well because of course we know the parents pay for the startup (laughs) you know what I'm saying (laughs) for real but you know I think it's dope that they're encouraging their daughter to do something like that. And Mm -hmm. I'll even go ahead and highlight this this girl's company. And no, I ain't getting paid for this, but (laughs) 
you know, I like the idea that she's out here doing something different. Mm-hmm. Um, the the company is called Just Maris, and that's just J-U-S-T, and Maris is M-E-R-I-S. Um, has some amazing products or whatever. I definitely recommend y'all look it up. And she, um, now I will say for my military listeners, <laughs> I was very disappointed. Well, the coffee one you can, it wasn't in it. <laughs> but because it had hemp in it, but um, I would definitely the body butters did not have hemp seed oil in it so I would definitely recommend you know buying those from her or whatever and it wasn't I mean I think it was priced fairly Mm -hmm. um so I definitely say like look her up you know patron her business I think it's super dope that she has an entrepreneurial spirit spirit at such a young age I know when I was 12 years old I wasn't thinking about nobody's business it was take me to American Girl doll so I can get me doll. <laughs> you know what I'm saying so I was thinking uh, about what can you do for me at 12 years old not what can I do for myself so yeah. definitely think like that's dope starting her early early in her entrepreneurial endeavors and then I know one of the things that I know me and my boyfriend, we kind of debate from time to time is, does everybody have the same opportunities? Mm -hmm. Now to me, in this day and age, I will say everybody, I think everybody has the same opportunities. But I do feel like there was a point in time where everybody didn't have the same opportunity. Mm -hmm. It was like, you either smart or you play sports. And if mm-hmm. in the in between, you kind of lost in the sauce. That's mm-hmm. that's how I feel like it was growing up. You know, if you didn't have somebody in your life that was trying to encourage you to go to college. Now, I knew about scholarships and stuff, but I didn't really, I'm going to be real, being lazy, I didn't apply for no scholarships. It was mm-hmm. like, you ain't just giving out no scholarship. It is what it is. You know what I'm saying? And so I did go to college and I didn't get no scholarships. Uh, according to FAFSA, my mama made too much money, so I didn't get no grants. All I got was a bunch of loans to pay for school. And, you know, I think, thankfully, I had family members or people in my life that encouraged me to go to college. So it was a priority for me to be like, I need to go to college. And like most of my family, I did leave college. But the difference is I came to the military because I knew the military would pay for me to go to college. So Mm -hmm. it was still in me to be like, I have to finish it. So in my family, like my blood family, I am the only one with a bachelor's degree. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? And I'm taking a break right now in this master's because baby. I know about it. (laughs) But, um, you know, and I am working towards a master's degree so mm-hmm. I definitely think but like I, back to my point I do think that not everybody at a point in time had the same opportunities and I say that because like if you grow up in an urban um, location like of course you have your guidance counselors and things like that that are going to try and encourage you to do mm-hmm. post um, you know 
further your education outside of high school or point you in the direction they think is best for you. But let's be real. If you see the hood celebrities driving Mercedes and Range Rovers and XYZ, of mm-hmm. course, you want what they have. But the only people you see with them type of things is the drug dealers. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? So it's just like, that's what you see as an opportunity. Now, you could definitely use that as a stepping stone to get you to some legitimate business. Big gamble. (laughs) You get there without getting in trouble first. (laughs) (laughs) You know what I'm saying? So to me, yes, people have opportunities. But like I said, at one point, it was either you smart or you play sports. And that was your way out your circumstances at that time. And like I said, now you have social media that's highlighting being an entrepreneur, things like that. So I think now opportunities are more visible. Mm-hmm. I'll, I'll say they're more visible than available. Mm-hmm. And see, I, I would honestly, I would have to disagree a little bit. But I think that there definitely are more opportunities that are visible. But I do still think that there are people who they're not getting reached to. Like they they don't see those opportunities. And it's. I wouldn't say it's necessarily um, about color in the situation. I think it's more of of a, a socioeconomic thing. Like mm-hmm. if you think about, there are areas where where they don't have Wi Fi still. Like they so they might not be able to go on social media and see those things. You know, there are kids who they just struggling to figure out what they're gonna eat next. And so I still think there are people who, unfortunately, you know, where all the moves we're making and and how we're progressing as a people, there they might not still be getting those those same things. And so. I think it's important for us as a people to try to figure out how to, to infiltrate that and how to to bring those people up. And, and even still, I think mindset is a huge thing. Like you mentioned earlier when you were talking about, you know, you didn't apply for scholarships and stuff. And you you low key was like, you know, and nobody giving away free money. Like we we have these mindsets engraved in us. And it's like, no, people are giving away free money. There's I've seen a thing today. Um, this one girl from Louisiana, a little black girl, got four million dollars in scholarships. Okay. And it's like, it's crazy, you know, but it's like some of us, we were just taught certain things or we just believe certain things and we have a real self-defeating attitude. And even if there's an opportunity there, they're not going to see it because they don't they don't see that within themselves. And so I think there's a lot of like when it comes to just like the mental mental health of people and, and that social the economics, that's got to change, too, for them to see these opportunities that are available. You know, I'm glad that you brought up it's not just a color thing. You know, mm-hmm. when it comes to opportunities being available to people, because let's be real, there are more white people on welfare than there are black people. Facts. But mm-hmm. it is the socioeconomic issues that hinder the opportunities. And they, I mean, just because we see a lot more white mm-hmm. people being successful, there are white people out there who not doing good. You know what I'm saying? And because there are white in areas that are not economically productive or have a lot of resources flowing through their areas and then let's think about it all of the United States is not city-like you know what I'm saying so you do have a lot of country land within the U.S. that might not have the ability to to get wi-fi or internet and things like that and so I'm, I'm glad you brought that up because it's not only who's influencing you it's what's available to you mm-hmm. yeah that's true and I know it's just 
I feel like in certain areas, there's so many other things that people are concerned with that, you know, entrepreneurship or just, you know, higher education, none of that is right in front of them. Because mm-hmm. like, it's, you know, let me get a meal, let me pay the rent, let me have a place to live. And if you have all these things, you know, all these blocks in the way, that it could be a million opportunities out there, but you, you trying to survive, you know? Yeah. So. Yeah, I definitely think when people are living in survival mode, it's, it's mm-hmm. hard to see past what your current situation is. Mm-hmm. So I, I can definitely, I, I feel like there are so many factors into why people aren't able to be successful or why people aren't able to, to reach the same opportunities as everybody else. And so, yes, there are hella opportunities for everybody, but if you don't know how to reach those opportunities or you don't have access to get to those opportunities or you don't have somebody encouraging you to reach out for those opportunities, of course, you're not going to get those same opportunities. So I, and I think that's what I'd be trying to express to him. And he just like, well, uh, everybody got the same opportunity. I'm like, (laughs) I want to say, let's be real. Your opportunity was football. Mm-hmm. which which goes along with what I say you smart or you in the sports yeah like yes you had an opportunity to play fucking football yeah <laughs> you know what I'm saying they they, they athletic exactly that opportunity so I, I definitely think there are plenty of reasons as to why people don't have the same opportunities and it's not that the opportunity isn't there there, there could be a number of reasons why they don't see those same opportunities. But I think a big one, I will say, is socioeconomic factors. Um, Definitely. And I think that's the biggest thing. So I will say, I think your um, new business venture with Celebrating Us, I think is a phenomenal organization to bring awareness to small Black businesses and to potentially give opportunities to kids that they didn't know were available to them. Because I think there are a lot of small mm-hmm. companies who do need help, but because they just started and they can't afford it. You know what I'm saying? They just mm-hmm. trying to make sure they can get their product out the door or the information that they, they that they're trying to give out the door. And so maybe if you could get you a high school intern that can do your social media, or maybe you need somebody to help package up some products for you. You know, I think that's a good opportunity for for any young adult to get that experience as well, because they could use you as a reference, (laughs) you know? Yeah, and I think low-key, I mean, if you look at this generation coming up, like, they are so talented. Like, they, the things these kids do and how quickly they can do it and just how they monetize on everything like you got to give them credit like it's it's some smart people out there and I think you know for us older ones a lot of us get stuck in our ways and people don't want to change you you bring in that that young talent and you know people that are caught up in all the different trends and stuff you you helping yourself you know so Mm -hmm. definitely think so definitely so I will say I definitely appreciate you coming on the show, giving your perspective. And I feel like really giving me the words that I've been trying to 
to find and say everybody ain't got the same opportunity. (laughs) (laughs) But, But I think your company is dope. I think that, Thank you. you know, what you're trying to do is awesome, especially within the community that we live in. And I definitely look forward to helping support whatever it is that you're doing. And I know you, what's it called? Startup? Right Start? What's it called? I was going to say, yeah, I was about to say <laughs> Kickstarter. I was going to say, let me plug that real quick. So, um, yes, thank you for bringing that up. Um, so celebrating us, like I said, we're going to be putting on our daddy daughter dance and y'all know that takes some money. And so we are getting into crowdfunding. If you haven't heard of crowdfunding, like just Google crowdfunding, it's, it's a huge, again, you know, these young kids bringing up these amazing ideas. It's where we bring the products right to the people and the people decide, Hey, I do want to support this. Here goes some money. And it's a lot of small contributions that build, you know, to this amount of money that can help us put different things on. And so, we're going to go through Kickstarter. Um, we're going to be launching in the next couple of weeks. Got to get all the logistics taken care of, but definitely go to celebratingus.org and follow us, subscribe. And then you'll see when the Kickstarter campaign launches and you can help support us then. And, but yeah, definitely go Google crowdfunding. And then there are black crowdfunding sites too, that we're looking into. Okay. Yeah. So I'm definitely excited about your upcoming event. You know, I ain't got no kids to to participate in it but you know whatever capacity you need me to to fill in I'm definitely here for it you know if y'all you know want to support her cause go to kickstarter you know donate every little bit counts even if it's five ten dollars you know it's, it's something you know so go ahead subscribe to her her website celebratingus.org um you know so that you get notification when they, you know, put it out there to start taking donations and everything. And then you want to let everybody know like where they can follow Celebrating Us at on social media. Yeah, do you, I can give you the, like, we could put it in the show. It's because we're on Facebook and Instagram and YouTube. It's uh, Facebook is Celebrating Us 22, Instagram Celebrating Us 2022. Okay, yeah. So go ahead, follow her on all the social medias to also keep up to date. But all of this information will be in the show notes. And then, oh, what's the research thing that you wanted to do? Oh, yes. So um, again, because what I'm doing is I really want to to hear from the community and see what everybody needs. Like, I know what I think we as Black people need, but I want to know what you know other Black people think is beneficial when it comes to small businesses or just the youth and stuff. So we do have like a survey that we're creating. We're going to push out to our email subscribers. And then again, I'll give you the link too. So you can just go in there, take that survey, give us your honest, open opinions, like hold nothing back so we can really make some change in the community. Yes. So I think that is super dope. Again, I appreciate you for coming on the show and having this little kiki session with me. Y'all can thank you for having me. Yes, of course. Y'all can follow me on social media at Kiki and with Coco or my website, Kiki and with Coco podcast.com. Keep up to date with all the episodes, you know, all the drinks that I make. You can definitely see that on the social medias. So go ahead, follow me, tell a friend, share, you know, but, you know, again, I appreciate y'all for tuning in. And until next time, bye.